2: Hello everyone, good afternoon, welcome to Red Men News, I'm Ross Channing, joined once again by Georgia Stevens to talk you through all the latest Liverpool news, injury, doom and gloom, uh, and some positive stuff as well today, Uh, Georgia, one of which is a positive-negative, Mo Salah's back in contention, oh come on, don't roll your eyes at me, Mo Salah's back in contention uh, after returning a negative coronavirus test, Jürgen Klopp confirms um, that, what I've just said—I uh, didn't think about that sentence structure at all. Uh, Returned to training today uh, and could feature against Atlanta. Um, he's had a couple of weeks off. He's had a, a reat knees up at his brother's wedding and uh, hopefully back in contention for Wednesday to play centre back.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think I think as well it's a good game for him to come back into. You know, the last game we had against Atlanta was a lot easier than we thought it would be. Um and you know, I'm I'm under no impressions that they'll kinda of roll over again. But it's the idea that it could have been, you know, super intense whatever. And he's kind of gotten a, a semi alright game to, to be eased back into kind of match fitness, match tempo, but I've got no qualms about Mo Saddler's kind of fitness and things, but you know, it might it might make a nice new ball playing centre back, but a bit of pace back there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's like you say, it's equally important the fact that you know we played we played on Sunday night, we're playing again Wednesday. You know, Seller coming back makes us gives us that option to kind of rotate a Jota or Firmino or, or a Mani out, and you know, you know, you still got a, a you know, well, a world class player up there as well. And the pressure on Atalanta as well. You know, they've got to come out and try and get get some points on the ball for that second place uh, in the group stage. So you know, I'm going to call it now. Allison Becker ball up to Seller. Salah a Man United. It, it, it's happening. Uh, let's let's move on to that. Oh, I'll just click off what I'm supposed to do. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, uh, his, his rant, his passionate rant last night at Georgia. Uh, I don't know if, if you've seen this um, or anyone else who's seen this, but he, he, he properly drilled home. Poor Jeff Shreve's kind of got it in the neck. and kind of saying, you know, BT Sports, Sky Sports, they don't care about the the, the fixture schedule, the fact that when they, those slots are decided. On gains, Liverpool playing Atalanta on Wednesday night. Then we've got Brighton at half 12 on Saturday. I think Solskjaer's come out and, and made his, I say voice known. He, he didn't do it to the extent that Jürgen Klopp has done it. And he, he just kind of went on and kind of said, you know, if someone mentions contracts again, that's the reason they haven't changed it. He made the point that, you know, we've all adapted to what's going on in, in the world. And, uh, you know, in the coronavirus, we're doing we're doing this, for example. That's just us. When he was doing interviews with Jeff Shreve, has got a face mask on. I just feel like, it just feels like he's just reached boiling point, but he, 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 the, he stressed home the fact that this is not a Liverpool thing. This is, you know, play welfare, which we spoke about in the round league last week. He cares about football and footballers and, and the actual product of I want to to witness good football. It's not a, a discredit to the players that, you know, like in Origi or Minamino aren't our first choice, but I think he's looking at the bigger picture of things of saying stop running players into the ground. What's it going to take for you used to use some common sense.
1: Yeah, you said there, you know, we'll we'll be lucky to finish the season with 11 players at the moment, and not just those, but the whole of the top six, and I think you know, we're not privy to probably some of the conversations that are going on behind the scenes between clubs, between broadcasters, between the Premier League itself and I think a lot lot of factors are going into it, but like you said, it, it seems like everybody else has kind of adapted. And we have spoke about it before with broadcasters kind of not adapting to the new kind of digital age we're having to go through. And the same is to be said of the fixture schedule. Now, how much control that's the broadcasters, how much of that's the Premier League, how much of that is, you know, FIFA, UEFA, all those sorts of big boards that we talk about. We don't know. We don't know what the split is. But when you've got a manager that's coming out and is, is saying that and, you know, they're probably the ones who know the most, then, yeah, I think there'll be plenty more to come over the next few games of other managers possibly speaking out.
2: From a player's perspective, Georgia, as a professional football player yourself, what's the mindset of a player? Like, for example, if it was presented to you, of you know, to fix the schedule that you've got... Uh, just part of you, like a, a small part of you, go, oh Jesus! Like that's 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 a lot of football. Or do you think i oh, right, I've got to play every game? Because I think there's pressure on these teams. We spoke about the international break and you know being annoyed with that. Southgate has to play, his, you know, for example, England for example has to play his best player because there's pressure on him to qualify for the UEFA Nations, whatever, and if he doesn't he'll lose his job. Equally, if you're you've been called up for international duty, you want to go and play, but also you want to play Champions League football, you want to play Premier League football. So the demands. I think the players feel under pressure that they have to play. You know, in a situation like Liverpool now where you have to play because there's no one else.
1: Yeah, I think as well the important thing there is it's the pressure and it's what situation these teams are in. I imagine, you know, having three games in a week will be a lot more difficult coming towards the end of the season when you're fighting for relegation and and fighting for the title. Albeit when you're on a bit of a roll, those three games, you know, is is to keep that momentum going. It, It may be the best thing. That, that could happen in that sense so I think it is very you know case by case it's a lot to do with pressure and it's a lot to do with what situation because it's just like any job you know if you're good at what you're doing and you're doing it well and it's somewhat easy work then you'll be fine having to go in every day but the minute you've got a boss breathing down your neck and you know that you've got to make these three big deadlines and we then things start to slip up and I think to carry that comparison over is when you start seeing injuries, when you start seeing, you know, dips and forms and things, it is a lot of pressure and it's a lot of, you know, physical pressure that we're putting on these players again.
2: And one of the things that might help you is that Georgia ties in nicely to so the next story. Uh Jamie is back in the, the five subs rule. Um, he said it's a big talking point now. He said I think Jurgen Klopp feels like he's banging his head against the brick wall. This is obviously post that but um interview last night he said he was totally against it at the end of last season but when you look at the many, how many injuries there's been in the this season the numbers are massively up people question Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola not making three in one game so why do they want five and that's a reason to not make five subs I actually I think it's the reason to do five subs and that's because I think Paul mentioned it on one of the shows we just recorded this morning the fact that you know you don't make three subs because you know we, we saw last night Navigator someone can just drop and then you're in danger of finishing the game with you know, 10, 9 players, which you obviously don't want to do. And the Championship have done this last week as well, so it kind of feels like it's inevitable now, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think we we kind of knew this sort of stuff was going to happen, I think, when we saw... I think it was the FA Cup rules that changed, that if you go into extra time, you're allowed an extra sub, and then obviously the Champions League, and now you're seeing the Championship. I think before the kind of quote-unquote injury crisis that everybody's kind of going through is it was very much seen as something that only the top six were pushing for because it was this idea that they've got this huge squad depth with millions worth of players that they're going to keep rotating to like batter Burnley or something like that. But the fact is now is that squad depth doesn't really exist in most clubs now because of the kind of injuries and the rest and the rotation and the way sports science is now. That it's not that it's going to be this huge advantage for a lot of clubs. That I think it once was.
2: Yeah. Well, one thing that might help Liverpool uh, is the next story: late fitness tests for Thiago and Jordan Henderson ahead of Wednesday's game. We'll know a lot more about that. You know, with the press conference coming up, probably I, I assume it's, it's tomorrow. Uh, I don't know when, but we'll have it covered. Um, having them back is is a boost. But as you mentioned there, the sports science stuff like that, you can't fall. Liverpool can't fall into a trap of going. Great, we've got Henson and thiago throw him into this game because you're in, you know you're in danger of going one step forward two steps back and you know we''ve seen it before with a with a jaw or someone else because of the pressures that we've spoken about it feels like you, you've probably got to manage your squad and because of because of the amount of games it's just become harder isn't it yeah
1: and that's where you know I think the backroom staff and everything comes into full effect and you see how important they are more than just the squad and the manager because with the likes of Thiago and Henderson, you're not falling into the trap of like painting these players as injury-prone and that's it and that's all they're ever going to be. But the fact is, they are at the moment more susceptible to injuries. They, they've shown that in the past with and niggles and things and the, the biggest danger that we don't want now is to, to throw them in and they're out for a lengthier spell that, you know we really can't afford right now.
2: Yeah, and one of those players who has been helpful, um, well, certainly certainly yesterday, was was Fabinho. Um, I think he helped these, obviously, defensive issues, but I think he also kind of sold the midfield as well because if he's played a centre-back, his record is actually excellent. There's a tweet from Andrew Beasley. I think he's uh, I think he's only conceded one goal and I think it's about seven or eight games that he's kind of played at centre-back. But he's kind of saying, you know, uh, he's very happy to be back to play 90 minutes and three, you no know, win. Uh, so you feel good, no problems. Um, I'm happy to be back because I played the full game. Um, again, kind of ties into everything we've spoken about before about the importance of having those players available and those players kind of feeling good, you know, I'm sure, I don't think Fabinho would have said any different, you know, he's not going to come out and say, oh, I'm fucking knackered I, I, after that game, but the fact that, you know, as a fan, it gives me confidence, the fact that, okay, Sal, that's, that's kind of one less thing to worry about, particularly in the sense of that position, again, we just on the, the match build-up show for for Wednesday night, and you think, you know, can Joe Matik play three games in a week? Probably not, so you're almost relying on Fabinho, who's your, you know, obviously your first choice DM, what has he... Fourth choice centre half, but who's now your first? Well, arguably your first choice centre half.
1: Yeah, I think it's massive for everyone to feel that confidence in a centre back, whether it's you know, a new player coming in or or it's, it's an injury and we're having to fill that slot. And there was a lot of pressure on for being your shoulders as someone who doesn't play that position. And we said that it worked for him as well if there was not that much expectation. So, you know, if he has a semi-decent game, it's like he's, he's the next kind of Virgil van Dijk. But, you know, to hear him feel fit, to hear him confident and, you know, enjoying 90 minutes... I think it's just another bit of pressure and waste off kind of fans' shoulders and, and probably the side
2: Yeah, and uh am going to end up with some positive news. Despite all the injuries, despite all the bodies that are spread across the floor, Liverpool are still breaking records, Georgia. Uh, Diogo Jota's goal for Liverpool came after a sequence of 30 passes since Opta uh, have this data available from 2006-2007. This is the most in the build-up to any Premier League goal by the Reds. So we've still got stuff to kind of smile about, but that kind of... I think there's so much praise he done Liverpool last night because of you know the situation, everything that's going on, the performance we put in against you know an attacking, creative side in Leicester City. We can still do that.
1: Yeah, I think it's just it's testament to the players we had on there, and again, it's Jota, and we and we can't you know we can't skates around the fact that he is making the side a lot better, and you know whether he's using this moment to kind of shine because it is such a kind of low point for Liverpool and things because of what's going on, but I think the fact, you know, for as long as that data has been available, this is the best, like, it, it's no matter what, some of the greatest sides we've had in terms of play and build up the players we've had, Gerard, Torres, you know, even Coutinho and, and that sort of playmaker role, and this is the game and this is the team that that we've broke that record. I think it's just fantastic.
2: Yeah, superb. Uh, right, to some of your comments now on the broadcasters. Madison and Daddy's World says, I agree with Jurgen Klopp about BT and Sky Sports, but there's no point in whinging about us. Every team in Europe is in the same situation. There's nothing you can do about it. TV decides. Um, you know, is it interesting from that rant last night, George, and I said it in, in the show, he's not just talking about Liverpool, he's talking about, Everybody, you know, up, up and down the country, in, in you know, across Europe of whatever else the demands. This isn't just a, uh, it's not just Champions League, Premier League. This is, you know, international games, international friendlies. There's a, a massive Euros tournament coming, coming up in the summer uh, as well. Steve Barker on that as well says, I'll, I'll give it a rest. Jurgen Klopp, uh, championship play twice a week all year in the state of the art of training sets up that we have. um I- I, I I get that point, but I, but but I disagree. A championship doing it, and they've got a five subs rule within that as well. The standard is not the same. Most of those championship players won't go out on international duties. Won't just play three weeks, uh, three games, you know, in that as well. Rob Davies and that says, uh, seems if you get European football, you're punished by only only three subs in the prem, who so the only league in Europe who don't have five subs. It's not just Jürgen Klopp, it's not just Solskjaer It's not just Pep Guardiola I think David Moyes mentioned it as well And we're going to get to a point, George Where, you know, yeah, <laughs> the elite, elite list there Of, of those those <laughs> four managers Um, But it, but it, but it, it has to it, it did, Yeah, I get why people got the back about it Because it just seemed a bit elitist, doesn't it From, you know, Pep Maybe not Oli, but you know Teams that are in Europe are, are whinging about it But it needs to come from Like a, a Sean Dyche do you, do you know what I mean? Or someone's going like, to Listen, like, I have, have some common sense. These these games are ridiculous. Brighton aren't going to moan that they're playing Liverpool at all on, on Saturday. They're going, to, like, they're going to be rubbing their hands together. But it's going to get to a point where over the Christmas period when you start chucking in Carabao Cup and FA Cup fixtures, it's going to happen to all those other teams as well.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be the turning point is when you have the quote-unquote smaller clubs kind of step up and, and speak out about it because it will inevitably affect them too. I think it is just timing at the moment and the fact that, you know, Jurgen Klopp people will say is just kind of throwing his rattles out the pram because of all the congested fixtures and the idea of you're know your second because of goal all that sort of stuff is it's not Liverpool aren't storming away with the pram so therefore you need to find something to moan about but the fact is when 5 or 6 and then 7 or 8 and then before you know half the, half the league are all moaning about the same thing then it's not just elitism and it's not just oh we're having a bit of a wobble and we need to blame something It's a, it's a genuine problem
2: yeah. Uh, final comment from Airs of Klopp says they are not machines. They are not cattle. They are men. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, all right. women. This is yeah. All right. just, you know, it out. It's, it's 2020. Yeah, the the point's right. You know, you can't just keep abusing these people. It's you know, it's going to cause cause issues down down the line. And like I, I, I like the counter argument that is they get paid hundreds of thousands of pounds, but at some point it's going to affect either the quality of the football that we watch or the players and their mentality you know, and what they do. And um, we're going to end things there. That- Kind uh, of things on that on a light note? It's nearly Christmas, Georgia, isn't it? No. Uh,
1: Christmas jumper yet? Not yet.
2: Okay, we'll tell you what, you can get Because uh, there's
1: a good, one, a good one that I've heard going.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's an outfit for it as well. Uh, Christmas jumpers are out as well as T-shirts. All our merchandise is available. Uh, if you are outside of the UK, the last day for ordering is tomorrow to get your orders in across Europe, Ireland, America, wherever you're watching this, uh, you, you get your orders in. Uh, you can also get 20% discount as well if you uh, subscribe to the Club Legend level on RevnTV.com, so you can save yourself a little bit of money and watch some excellent content at the same time. Uh, let's have a little sneak preview of those jumpers right here. Ta-ra.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50